welcome to Insight for Impact, the podcast from SQW featuring conversations with experts on the issues that matter in economic and social development. Welcome to Insight for Impact, the SQW podcast. I'm Joe Duggett, a director of SQW. Today, we're going to be talking about the Health Foundation's Strengthening Social Care Analytics Programme and the use of data analytics within the social care sector. I'm pleased to be joined by three guests, Lauren Roberts, Jane Meager and Ellen Coughlin. Lauren is a director of SQW and an expert in the evaluation of interventions to support service improvement in the health and social care sector. Lauren led our evaluation of the Strengthening Social Care Analytics Programme and is a regular contributor to the podcast, who you may have heard in our last episode, Looking Forward to Economic and Social Development in 2023. Lauren, welcome back to Insight for Impact. Hi Joe, great to be back on the podcast. Jane is a managing consultant at SQW who works widely in the health and social care space. Jane was the project manager for the evaluation, working closely with Lauren and Ellen. Hi, Jane. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Joe. Nice to be here. And we're delighted to welcome Ellen Coughlin, program manager in the data analytics team at the Health Foundation. Ellen developed the Strengthening Social Care Analytics program and was our client for the evaluation. Ellen, many thanks for joining us on Insight for Impact. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Jay. It's been really lovely to be invited. For background, Ellen, can you give us a brief introduction to the Health Foundation and the role of your team within the organisation? Yeah, of course. So for those of you that don't know who we are, the Health Foundation is an independent charity and we're committed to bringing about better health and care for everyone in the UK, really. And we've got three priorities in our new strategy and that's to improve people's health and reduce inequalities to support radical innovation and improvement in health and care services and to provide evidence and analysis to improve health care policy we do that through a number of routes it might be funding programs but it also might be delivering analysis through our economic and data analysis teams or doing research or working with different stakeholders but in my team at the foundation we champion better analytics across the system and we work with all sorts of people analysts people working in the health and care sector people who were receiving treatment or receiving care decision makers managers and we're seeing the development of a lot of different exciting projects across the UK really that show different ways of improving analytical capability. Thanks Ellen. So today we are talking about one particular health foundation programme the Strengthening Social Care Analytics Programme, or SSCA Programme for short. Can you tell us a bit about the programme, Ellen, why it was needed and what it involved? Of course. So we began thinking about undertaking a programme centred towards social care Really in the early days of, of the pandemic, it quite quickly became clear that a lack of actionable data about social care was really hampering efforts to try and address the devastation, I suppose, that was being wrought on the social care system by COVID-19, on people giving and receiving care, on their families. And we knew that there were already major weaknesses in the social care data system, but the pandemic revealed them in a way that really just demanded quite urgent action. And those problems really made it difficult for the country to respond to outbreaks and to support carers and people who receive care during the pandemic. And I think we all saw that it 
ultimately led to avoidable suffering for some of the most vulnerable people in society. So we started by exploring some key challenges that the social care sector was facing. We hosted workshops with basically anyone and everyone who had time during, I think it was April and May 2020. And those were people working in care technology providers. They were people working as carers, people working within social care providers, lots of people who use different care services, so different adults with a range of different ages and needs and experience. We had membership bodies there, uh, frontline staff, and that was from people across England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and across residential care and domiciliary care. So we really tried to get a whole host of people around a a few tables. And we eventually came up with three key areas that we wanted to focus on. And those were building a safe and resilient workforce, improving the quality of social care for cohorts of people that experience the worst outcomes and understanding the lived experience of people needing social care. And eventually we were able to fund and support five different projects that allowed social care providers and commissioners to use innovative data analytics to tackle those priorities. And those are the projects that Jane and Lauren helped us evaluate. Thanks, Ellen. That gives us a really good insight into the programme's overall context and purpose. You mentioned five projects that the programme supported and were the focus of the evaluation. Jane, could you tell us a bit more about those five projects? Yeah, happy to. So the five projects funded by the SSCA programme were, I think Ellen, you'd agree, purposefully broad in what they were delivering and what they were aiming to achieve. They worked with a range of partners to deliver their project, with the exception of one, which was the Royal Mencap Society, although they did bring together expertise from across their organisation to deliver their project. And just a brief overview of what those five projects aim to achieve So there was a project led by Brent Council, who aimed to increase the adult social care workforce data set response rate across London and migrate this to a market intelligence tool. The second one was Torbay Council, and they worked with a number of partners aiming to explore how domiciliary care capacity could be improved locally using AI systems to understand how care round or route planning could be made more efficient within local areas. The third was delivered by Equal Care Co-op, working with the Open Data Services Co-op, and they aim to uh, test and demonstrate the value of quality open data, and also the impact that open tendering could have on service quality and service experience. The fourth, Manor Communities Project, uh, aimed to understand if a machine learning tool could manage and interpret text-based data from care users experiencing the worst outcomes. And the Royal Mencap Society was the final project which aimed to develop analytics to understand the factors that improve quality of life for people with a learning disability using a specific tool called the Personal Outcome Scale. Thanks, Jane. That's really helpful. And it's interesting to hear about the range of projects and the varied data analytics approaches and technologies that were supported. Lauren, you recently completed an evaluation of the programme with a report published in late 2022. Could you give us a brief summary of the scope and focus of the evaluation and how you went about the work? We were asked to explore how the funding supported the projects to improve the use of data analytics within the sector. 
So we did that through looking at a range of different elements. We explored the processes involved from exploring how the leads came up with the ideas for the Project Foci in the first place, through to exploring how intended beneficiaries and service users were involved and how project partners worked together to develop and implement their approach. We also explored the early outcomes emerging from the projects and they were outcomes for partner organisations, for those providing care and also in some cases those in receipt of social care and we also looked at the experiences of the different stakeholders involved. We also explored the community of practice that was set up by Future Care Capital as part of the programme which had engagement from around 300 people through various different events and the sharing of resources so we know there's a really good level of interest in this area of work, which I think bodes really well for sustainability. And I would also say we had really good engagement from the projects throughout the evaluation and we couldn't have done it without their buy-in. Thanks, Lauren. Turning then to the findings of the evaluation, Jane, can you take us through the key findings, firstly in terms of project processes and delivery? All five projects made good progress in terms of developing their analytical approaches, although this was to varying degrees. And what was particularly interesting was that some projects stuck quite closely to their original project plans, whereas others adapted their approach based on either new opportunities that emerged or to mitigate against challenges that they came up against. So overall good but mixed progress across the projects which maybe is not unexpected given the nature of the programme and the challenging delivery context, including the backdrop of the pandemic, of course. What about the key findings on outcomes, Jane? So there were three intended interim outcomes set by Ellen and the team at the Health Foundation right at the beginning of the programme. And the evaluation evidence that we collected did indicate that progress had been made against these by all five projects, although again, this did vary between projects. So I'll just talk through these in a little bit more detail. So the first interim outcome was to develop new and improved skills. And we saw really good progress and achievement in this across the five projects. And this wasn't just around improved data analytics skills, but we heard about improved project management skills, stakeholder engagement skills, research skills. And this led to additional outcomes being achieved as a result. So, for example, an increase in organisational capability and improvements in organisations' own processes and systems elsewhere, and also just improved knowledge and understanding of how to use data and data analytics across organisations, including what makes it work and what the challenges are. The second outcome was twofold around enhancing collaboration and enhancing culture. And in terms of collaboration, we heard about organisations involved in the projects developing new relationships and partnerships, including social care organisations developing partnerships with organisations outside of the sector, particularly with organisations specialising in data analytics, which was reported to have opened doors for potential opportunities in the future as well. And the programme also gave organisations involved the opportunity to collaborate with those providing care and those in receipt of care, which has also led to knock-on effects for these groups, including improved confidence and skills, as well as increased feelings of empowerment for service users over their own care as they feel like they've been able to influence that. But where there was less than expected progress was around collaboration between projects to share learning, which we didn't hear much of. 
And then in terms of culture, we did hear about the beginnings of culture change within organisations around the use of data and data analytics. And we also heard really positive examples of projects increasing trust between those involved in commissioning, delivering care and those in receipt of care. And then the third and final interim outcome was to see evidence of better care. And we did hear from some examples to suggest this was beginning to be achieved, although interviewees we spoke to did say this was a bit of more of a longer term outcome and that there have, as a result of the project, been improvements to the care being delivered. And we found that those involved in the projects felt that they wouldn't have been able to implement these approaches without the SSCA programme, or at least they said not in the same time frame or to the same scale. And therefore, these outcomes may not have been achieved without the programme itself. Ellen, is there anything you would like to add on the key findings from the evaluation from your perspective as the client? Yeah, certainly. So I think one of the key things that we took away from the evaluation and something that I just don't think we'd have really been able to dig in to as much without having SQW to do this evaluation for us was the approach that we took to patient and public involvement for us was really important. It had to be baked into the design because part of the challenges that were highlighted in the early workshops were that people giving and receiving care felt that the data that's collected about them, about the care that they deliver kind of bears quite little resemblance to what matters to them and that essentially data is just being collected for financial or administrative purposes. So the programme aiming to explore how to strengthen the use of data has to has to hold people at its core, right? One of the findings of the evaluation was that the projects felt galvanised to engage with people more than they would have done, as Jane just explained. And some of the feedback from people interacting with the projects highlighted how much more empowered they felt by being involved in the project so that was something that we were really proud of and really happy to see reflected in the findings and I guess something for us to really take away and reflect on as Jane was just mentioning around the willingness or ability of the projects to share the tools and the code that they developed so for me when I was designing the program I really wanted to get as much bang for my buck as it were. So we had £300,000. I want to make sure that whatever's being delivered by those projects is going to be shared with others so that other projects that weren't lucky enough to win the funding could benefit still from the impact of the programme. But it is, I think, quite a long journey to get people comfortable with putting their work out there. It's quite radical. As an analyst, it feels like you're making yourself perhaps a bit vulnerable. You're kind of showing your workings out in a way. So some of the projects got further down that journey than others. So for other programs that we design, I think I'm really keen to kind of dig into that and learn a bit more from it. So how might we work it better next time? And then finally, this idea of the increased collaboration, the sort of culture shift there were some reflections from the project partners that I found really fascinating. So for many of them, it was the first time that they'd worked within social care. And one project partner had even expressed that coordinating and modelling domiciliary care was far more complex than international logistics, which I thought was a sort of vindication for social care providers who know that the work that they're doing is almost labyrinthine in complexity. And that for them to do it successfully is such a testament to their expertise and skill, particularly because social care is sometimes regarded as a sort of lower skilled 
sector than medicine. But in fact, I just think it's actually, it requires a different skill set. So that was really nice to see reflected because I think that's a real testament to the way in which social care is really good at what they do. But other project partners explained that they really feel like they've got a an increased capability for other types of social care projects in the future. So if we can build that capability within the system, then that's a success for us. And related to that is the evidence of this shifting culture in the sector. So not just increased collaboration between social care and the private sector, private partners who might be able to provide particular skill sets, but also between providers and commissioners. So again, during our scoping and during those first workshops, it really became clear that these disincentives for collaboration between providers and between providers and commissioners really created this culture of distrust, where sharing of data or collaborating really seldom happened. So to have SQW really explore this within each of the projects and to find that the culture is shifting more towards collaboration is something that we had hoped that we would see, but we didn't really necessarily think that it would happen in the first year because a year really to undertake a funding project is not particularly long. We're not about to solve every problem in social care with £300,000 and 12 months. So it was really lovely to see that some of these impacts that we hope to see further down the line were actually already coming to fruition. Thanks, Ellen. Your points around the importance of influencing behaviours and working cultures and understanding the pathways and timescales to outcomes takes us on very nicely to thinking about the implications of the evaluation findings for the use of data analytics in the social care sector. Lauren and Jane, what would you draw out as the key messages of the evaluation for the sector more broadly? Well, I think the findings really indicate that the programme has contributed to filling a significant gap in the sector and has revealed valuable new insights. And I think just building on what Ellen said there, you know, key to the success of the projects has been that collaboration and that joint working between established organisations in the sector alongside new players in this space. So those that are maybe more experienced in data analytics but didn't know about the sector at the outset. And it's really been key to generating those valuable new insights. And it really demonstrates the value and importance, though, of establishing networks and contacts with experts in other fields, as well as that sort of mindset and that culture around willingness to share openly. So for replication, we think it's really important to consider the capacity of the sector to pursue new partnerships, as well as thinking about exactly what skills and competencies you need and how involvement can be made appealing for some of those specialist organisations who are not working in this sector currently, particularly when you think about the constraints around funding and capacity in social care. So we think that maybe for future programmes such as this, there might be scope for introductory, perhaps sort of matchmaking type events to bring those partners together who don't have pre-existing relationships or knowledge of each other, but where there's that mutual interest in working in this space. And that could prove really powerful, drawing on the insights that have come out of this programme to perhaps sort of catalyse that. That said... The Royal Mencap Society project has shown that partnerships outside of the sector or indeed with other organisations are not necessarily always needed. There's something about the organisation, capacity, knowledge, skills 
and vision to be able to drive it forward that's absolutely key. The projects delivered a range of analytical approaches. Um, They developed and they tested these approaches. But for the most part, I think it's really important to reflect that projects were able to accelerate relatively quickly to generate quite innovative uses for different analytical approaches, different pre-existing analytical approaches. So I think the programme has demonstrated the real potential for the sector to use data analytics more widely. And I will say as well, I think overall the programme should be considered a success. You know, it's fair to say at this point, obviously the projects haven't solved immediate issues affecting the social care sector, but we wouldn't really expect them to. And what they have done is to lay the foundations to inform improvements to care going forward. And these foundations are likely to prove really valuable, particularly in light of new policy developments, which have strengthened requirements for social care organisations to collect data digitally. So overall, it feels really important and really timely. And Joe, when we spoke on the last podcast, we reflected on some of the key issues affecting the health and social care sectors currently. One of those is around staff capacity. And I think it's really important to reflect on the potential of data analytics, as shown through this programme, to really impact upon staff capacity. When you think about, for example, how rounds are planned and people's routes for the care that they're providing. We also reflected on service user experiences and how they are being negatively affected by the capacity constraints in the sector currently. And again, the projects funded through this programme really looked at how they could use data analytics to better understand what matters to people who are in receipt of social care and what matters to them in terms of their quality of life. So they're just a couple of examples, but I think it really demonstrates just how timely and relevant this programme is and the broader potential for applicability of the findings and the approaches that have been trialled. Ellen, I don't know if there's anything else you want to reflect on here. Yes, I was just thinking about what Jane was just speaking about, well, actually, both of you are speaking about in terms of that positive partnership model. I think the way in which the programme can really provide lasting benefit going forward is to provide a model of what good partnership between the social care system and perhaps private providers of analytics solutions or other things that social care might find useful to undertake these projects because we want to, where possible, make sure that where those relationships are being brokered, the outputs that are being developed are open and are shareable, are not based within kind of proprietary systems that uh, rely on kind of ongoing costs to maintain. Um, we we would rather make sure that black box solutions aren't kind of going to be the norm. So I suppose there is a way in which this programme can really model what an effective relationship between providers of different services in the social care system can uh, undertake going forward. There are some really important and clear messages there for the sector. Thanks, Ellen, and thanks, Lauren and Jane. Lauren, in that context... In taking forward data analytics interventions or efforts, are there practical recommendations that flow out of the evaluation that organisations in the social care sector should be thinking about? Thanks, Joe. So we've touched on some of our recommendations as we've been talking, so I won't repeat them. But there are just a few other things to maybe reflect on that might be useful for our listeners. 
The first is around thinking about the pre-existing data analytics approaches that are out there that might be suitable for adaptation or refinement. That might prove really important in terms of reducing the time associated with some of that early stage R&D activity. That said, it might limit innovation. So there's some considerations and and trade-offs to weigh up here. The other thing we recommend is around thinking really carefully about the information governance processes at the outset and communicating those processes to all the partners that are involved in data collection. And we know that might take time, it might require expert guidance or legal advice, but it's absolutely key for projects like these in this programme. And the final thing is around the importance of implementing a flexible agile and responsive project management approach and this is really important given the pressures on the sector. Thanks Lauren. As a final question Ellen, the SSCA programme has been delivered, the evaluation has been completed and the findings published. What happens next? Well I always say that the projects that we fund when they're finished, when the funding ends, they're not finished at all that's actually just the beginning so those project teams will continue to innovate and build on the capability that we've seeded in the system to return to what we were we alluded to before which was the community of practice the community of practice that was set up by future care capital uh, has now been hosted by the NHS Transformation Directorate. So they've agreed to build on the reach of that community and build on the sort of functionality. And it's really such a pleasure to see those kinds of initiatives grow because other people believe in them as much as you do. And that will continue to be a place where people come together to discuss what's happening in social care, how to best use social care data, particularly in a changing policy environment, which has certainly been attracting a lot of attention. Besides that, colleagues within the foundation are working on strengthening social care in different ways. The Network Data Lab, which is a network of federated data analysts across across England and Scotland and Wales, are studying unpaid carers as part of their next analysis. There are nine times, if you can believe this, as many unpaid carers as people working in adult social care. And there is such limited evidence about how well the interventions to support unpaid carers are working. This is partly because they're kind of difficult to identify because you might not identify as an unpaid carer you're just someone who has to look after you know someone who you know needs you but it's important to understand how they cope with their own health issues and how they access services because unpaid carers are doing a lot of the heavy lifting often quite literally with keeping this country well so we'll look forward to that coming in the next year or so and then in terms of funding programs uh, my colleagues in our improvement directorate are launching a new two million pounds funding program to explore how technology can enable new proactive and relational models of care at home in the community the program itself will launch in july there'll be a few more details coming soon but perhaps your listeners might want to have a look for when that funding is available and possibly apply thanks ellen So keep an eye on the Health Foundation website for details of that new funding programme, where you can also find the evaluation report of the SSCA programme, which we've been discussing today. I think just in closing, as someone that spends a lot of their time evaluating projects and programmes, it's really encouraging to hear how the evaluation in this case has generated real insight and is being used to inform ongoing policy and practice to improve the delivery of social care, which, as I think you mentioned, Ellen, does not always get the level of recognition that it deserves as a sector. 
So thanks again to Ellen Cochlan from the Health Foundation and Lauren Roberts and Jane Meager from SQW. I'm Joe Duggett. Thanks for listening to Insight for Impact. You've been listening to Insight for Impact, the podcast from SQW. To learn more about SQW, our people and our latest thinking, please visit our website at sqw.co.uk. And if you have any further feedback or thoughts on the podcast, or would like to suggest a topic for future episodes, please get in touch with us via LinkedIn and Twitter using the handle at SQW. Thank you.